everyone, it's Lou Rosenfeld, and welcome to the Rosenfeld Review podcast series. Uh, it is March 17th, happy uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I am very happy to have with me today uh, Marchin Trader, the CEO and founder of UXPIN. Hi, Marchin. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you. Where are you? I'm in Mountain View, California. I was hoping you might say something more exotic, like uh, <laughs> Warsaw. Well, unfortunately not. In fact, I mean, like I, I am from Poland, and uh, majority of our team uh, uh, resides in Gdańsk, uh, in Poland, north of Poland. This is where I'm originally from. But I moved into California a couple of years ago uh, uh, to just take UXPIN to the next level. We've raised capital here. We have a uh, we have a team here in Mountain View, and I really enjoy my life here. So thank you so much for having me in the United States as well. <laughs> You know, UXPIN's an interesting story, and maybe uh, uh, since Solidarity, one of the, the most uh, exciting things to come out of Gdansk. <laughs> uh, we, um, you know, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you is I know that, um, you know, you come from the field. You're like me and like a lot of other people. You started off doing uh, interaction design or, or some other aspect of UX, like a lot of us. and we find ourselves in interesting positions given enough time. So um, I don't know how much design you're doing right now, but you started a company. Uh, and well, why? Why aren't you doing design? Why did you see the need to, to start UXPIN? Well, you know, so the, the story of UXPINs uh, starts uh, back in 2010, so uh, in, in a way, ancient times for, for technology. Uh, I've been working in an e-commerce company in Poland, pretty, pretty large e-commerce company, and one of the big issues that we had uh, back then was really overcoming the engineering-driven uh, culture, right? Usually nothing, nothing wrong with engineering-driven culture. I mean, this is a source of, uh, of uh, innovation in the technology field. Uh, but our problem was that design wasn't really held in high regard, right? So it was just an afterthought for the product. And our product was consumer-facing. And uh, uh, the issue that we had was that we wanted to get uh, engineers involved in the process. We wanted to help them understand the value of, the, of design. And, you know, like we started with a very basic thing. We started to organize, myself and, and two of my co-founders, we started to organize workshops for the company. And we went through different tools, different products, uh, trying to really facilitate design process among non-designers. We ended up, of course, with uh, paper prototyping, uh, but sketching wasn't really working well for us. Uh, engineers were kind of shy uh, uh, with their artistic abilities, uh, so we started to give them post-it notes, and we started to print stuff on post-it notes uh, to just help them express their design ideas and see how the process can work. Uh, can work. And, and, uh, and that was working very well. And that really inspired us to create the first UXPIN product. And in fact, the first UXPIN product was a physical uh, paper prototyping notepad meant to help product teams work together. This is where we started, right, back in 2010. And, and since then, of course, I mean, like, uh, our ideas developed towards the app, right? We, we built an application which is really based on the same principles. Uh, we are always aiming at uh, easing the pain of collaboration uh, for multidisciplinary product teams especially in mid-sized and large companies. And what we really care about is helping these teams 
building projects together. So the story of your experience starts with my design background, right? Uh, these days, I'm, 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 I'm less active as a designer. The company uh, is uh, larger, of course, than it used to be. We are uh, at over 80 people right now globally. And, and that actually uh, occupies majority of my time, just taking care of the company and of the strategy. But I'm still involved in the research part. I'm observing the industry, of course, and I'm spending a lot of time with our customers, uh, many of them coming from large, uh, large companies, different industries, but usually product teams. So big challenge that you probably are facing uh, as one of those companies yourself is getting different people who speak um, different uh, languages, not necessarily different languages in the, in the sense of Polish versus English, but uh, engineering versus marketing versus uh, design uh, to actually collaborate. And uh, I mean, what can a tool do to help bridge those gaps in terms of language and perspective? Uh, I mean, this is really the, the, the $64,000 question. Right. This is a, this is a beautiful uh, 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 way of stating the problem. You know, uh, treating design as a language because this is exactly what we observed. Uh, people with different backgrounds. Uh, we're having a hard time communicating because they weren't speaking the same language, right? Uh, so uh, we can re uh, reverse uh, atomic design uh, in a way and start with uh, pages and templates, right? Like that's the uh, that's the uh, the whole sentence, right? Or uh, or a, a sort of a statement in the design, right? A page, a template. Uh, this is where we can start, right? So in UXPEN, you can store all of that, right? And create all these things and share them with your team so they can understand. And most importantly, uh, in UXPEN, they can see the transition from wireframes and pro to prototypes and to mockups, right? So they can see the entire design process. In fact, this is one of the things that we uh, initially discovered to be one of the biggest problems. You know, like uh, non-designers are having a hard time understanding how are we moving from the early uh, uh, concepts towards the final product. So this is where we can, we can start. But then we can go down to the uh, details and patterns, right? And and this is, this is exactly uh, uh, where the language uh, can be built, you know, uh, Tools uh, such as UXPIN uh, can empower people to create patterns libraries, which then can be shared with, uh, with non-designers on their teams and give them an easy way uh, to build a product that is consistent with the overall experience in the, in the tool. You know, like the, um, the issue that we discovered in our research is that um, if you have a multidisciplinary product team, and and uh, uh, great ideas can come from anywhere, right? Uh, if you are uh, a good company and giving access to data to all of your employees, uh, uh, the great ideas can come from marketing, from engineering, from customer service, from sales, right? But there are, they, they have no mean to actually express these ideas, right? They're lacking words, they're lacking the language, right? If you deliver them, uh, the patterns, the elements that are used across the entire uh, design system in your company, then they would be able to build something really easily, right? And that's the start of a conversation with the design. And this is exactly what we're doing at UXP. We're trying to provide this language, starting with words towards whole sentences, right? And 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 whole statements uh, for the design uh, for the product team. But are you finding that the sort of fundamental elements, namely the words, are consistent? among those different tribes? Or do you find that there's a need to do translation? And the same question would be true for the syntax, if you will. And maybe the, the pattern libraries are in effect the syntax here, but is there enough in common that people 
can understand each other once you give them a, a framework? Or do you have to do a lot of the translation for them? Well, first of all, it doesn't need to be perfect. Uh, uh, so uh, let's, I mean, like, let's be honest, right? Designers will be always needed, right? In the process with all their expertise, with all our expertise, we can do the precise translation and we can help people express their ideas, right? But one thing that, uh, that um, um, we all, no matter what our background is, we have in common uh, in any product teams is that we want to solve problems of users, right? Uh, so with the right patterns, with the right approach to understanding the, the problems, I think we can we can build something together and and we can find this common ground and common language, and you know like uh, talking about patterns, I, I I'm afraid you know like very often uh, patterns are are really you know like. Uh, uh, um, minimized uh, uh, when it comes to their understanding, right? This is not only about elements uh, used in the design. This is about the entire context of usage of a particular pattern. And, and this is, in fact, you know, like the classic definition of a pattern. Uh, uh, so the context is necessary. If you are providing the context to, uh, to any non-designers, they, then they can easy, easily understand uh, where and how to use a particular pattern uh, to respond to a user problem. Okay, so you know there, there's obviously some uh, a, approach there that's working, but then let's blow it up in the sense of taking it to the enterprise, where now uh, aside from all the differences in, in tribal perspectives, you, you've got you know this uh, added aspect of scale. Uh, you, you know you have instead of a team of a bunch of different people, you have you know eighty teams. And uh, ideally, they're all working from the same playbook. They're taking advantage of the same pattern libraries. They are uh, contributing to common design systems. What can you do to help them? Well, that's an ideal scenario, right? I would be very happy uh, if uh, enterprise companies would be able to have this, uh, this language, this uh, style guides and pattern libraries. In fact, most of them are still lacking these tools. And the reason is, is, is really simple, right? It's difficult uh, to build the library and keep it consistent uh, across all the teams and through time, right? Uh, so, you know, like in our research with, uh, with large companies, with enterprises, we found out that there are three key issues. Um, in the life of an enterprise designer. So first of all, there's an issue of communication, right? And and uh, communication, I mean, like there are different aspects of it. You know, like it's, it goes down to the early conceptual work, uh, uh, to the design critique, how do you actually communicate with other designers in a company when you have hundreds of colleagues, right? Uh, and that's very typical in large companies these days. How do you actually get their opinion about your design? But also, how do you communicate with developers, with programmers? How do you get approval from stakeholders, right? This is all about communication. But then another problem that we discovered to be a very painful uh, problem is the consistency of work. So uh, I would argue that most of the companies are having extremely hard time uh, keeping their uh, libraries, designs consistent across different product lines, across different teams, and across different iterations of a product, right? I lived through that myself, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I remember, you know, with a very rapid growth of a company, uh, e-commerce company that I spent a couple of years in, we had a very hard time 
uh, keeping everything consistent. I remember, you know, like at one point in time, we discovered that we have over 15 kinds of buttons used for CTAs. And, and that wasn't ideal from many perspectives. From a user perspective, that was pretty tough to recognize our CTAs because there were uh, just conflicting CTAs uh, across different, uh, uh, different pages on the, uh, in the same product. But it was also difficult for, for our web developers, right, because they didn't know uh, um, which piece of code to use. And, and, and we were having a very hard time uh, cleaning this app. And I believe many big companies are going through the same uh, kind of exercise. How do you actually build the style guide? How do you actually uh, connect the style guide to your resources? And this is something that we are really exploring these days at UXPIN. Uh, and, and, and I think the key to, uh, to solving this issue is to have all your design assets, all the elements of the design language in one place, and, and then you can connect uh, uh, all these living elements uh, to kind of a meta system uh, that shows what's the... Uh, general, what are the general rules of the design language, right? It's kind of like a dictionary. So this is something that uh, we're really looking into. Do you see that uh, if, you, if you were going to project ahead, let's say five years for UXPIN, is the big frontier enterprise and solving these types of problems? Uh, and is it maybe if, it's, if that's the case, is there an added benefit of uh, if you nail the problems for the enterprise, you've, you've nailed it for everyone else? What we know from our research, right? Uh, I can have a different opinions about the, the, uh, the, uh, this issue, but what we learned from our research is that the most painful problems right now in the design process actually exist in large companies, uh, in enterprises. Because uh, with, with large teams, with uh, lines of different products, uh, uh, this, is, this is becoming extremely, extremely painful. And uh, you know, UXPIN was started by designers, so naturally we are always learning uh, uh, for solving uh, meaningful problems. So uh, yes, in five years, in fact, I mean, like it's happening right now, we are definitely uh, uh, interested in helping these large companies overcoming their workflow problems, and and this is the future future of the product. At the same time, of course, our product is used by by individuals, freelancers, small software houses, smaller companies, and and they they get a fracture of this pain that large companies have every day, and we can help solving that as well. But uh, from the practical standpoint, whenever we are starting, for example, a customer develop development research, and we are uh, um, uh, going through all these in-depth interviews, we are talking to larger companies, and and this is where we are discovering the major major uh, pain. Uh, there's an interesting angle to that. I, uh, frankly, I believe that there's a connection between uh, enterprise uh, design and product teams and all uh, freelancers and smaller, uh, smaller organizations. Uh, this connection uh, is connected to uh, one huge problem that we uh, uh, keep discovering uh, in enterprises. That's the problem of resources. Uh, with uh, growth of uh, importance of design and growth of understanding of importance in enterprises, uh, there's this constant hunger for uh, for uh, design expertise, you know, like uh, uh, you probably remember that I think that was two years ago or so. IBM announced that they're going to invest hundred million dollars uh, to build a very strong 
design workforce, right? In fact, I think there, uh, um, there was an article a couple of days ago stating that IBM uh, has built the biggest uh, uh, design ag agency in the world uh, as a kind of byproduct of their growth. Uh, with uh, this kind of growth, uh, designers need to come from somewhere, right? And and there there's a there's a growing need to build a bridge between an enterprise and this whole available workforce uh, globally, all over the world, of freelancers and smaller companies that can help companies like IBM or, or other enterprises build great products. Again, I'm like, we are going uh, uh, towards the, uh, facing the problem of the common language, right? How do you actually share the language uh, with uh, freelancers that you can join uh, with your team to build something faster and better? And this is something that uh, uh, might be there for us uh, in five, uh, five years, hopefully sooner. Well, I'd like to hear that because what I'm taking away from that is you are thinking about the enterprise as certainly one of, if not the big frontier but you're looking at it as an ecosystem and, uh, you know, enterprise work does not happen in a vacuum. There are still freelancers involved. There's many different actors in that ecosystem. Uh, and so I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're taking a very enlightened approach as a company to designing and developing for that ecosystem. Uh, and, you know, I mean, we're really talking about design infrastructure ultimately. Um, you may remember uh, at Enterprise UX 2015, uh, besides the fact that we had the guy leading that whole development of the IBM design competency, Phil Gilbert spoke, we also had uh, Dave Cronin uh, from GE Software uh, speak. And uh, that was one of, you know, I think all the talks were great, but that was definitely one of the most popular talks. Uh, Dave was talking about design systems and really sort of giving a, really great look at what worked as well as what wasn't working. Uh, the video is actually available for free if anyone wants to watch, uh, if you go to 2015.enterpriseux.net. Um, but this topic is so important that we decided to devote one of our four themes at Enterprise UX 2016 to it, and that theme is designing design systems. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, I think that that's a very needed conversation that we should have in the industry. It, it completely, and so just to, to fill it in for people, the, the people uh, on the program, it's like a mini conference. That's how each of our themes work. This one has Nathan Curtis, a well-known author from 8Shapes, who's taking a consult consultative perspective on doing this type of work. He's also teaching a workshop that looks like it's going to sell out pretty soon. Uh, we also have Dawn Russell from Intuit. We have Nalini Kadmraju from Salesforce, formerly of Microsoft. And uh, then the three of them are facilitated and, and led by Jack Moffitt of uh, Boeing. It's a really great group of people that um, I hope uh, some of you listening will get to hear in June in San Antonio, June 8th through 10th. And uh, you'll also get to meet with uh, Marchin and his team from UXPIN, uh, our platinum sponsor. So um, anything you want to leave us with before we wrap it up, Marcin? You know, one thing that um, I think is uh, might be a good uh, introduction to the conference coming up, uh, which I'm very excited about. I was so happy to attend the conference last year. One of the best uh, conf UX conference experience in my life. Uh, seriously, that was very enlightening. Uh, Something that I want to leave uh, you guys with is a thought that with enterprise design, one thing that really matters is the impact, right? Helping uh, um, uh, 
product teams in enterprise uh, being more efficient, more effective, uh, equals uh, affecting life of uh, tens of millions, not hundreds of millions of people. And I think it's extremely important for, for the design industry to figure out how to actually build enterprise design uh, practice and how to make it great. Uh, because we are going to build great products if we will solve the problem of the process and the workflow. I think that's a great place to, to end it and uh, inspirational as well. Martin, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in San Antonio in June. Thank you so much.